In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There are things that throughout my life I have gathered that hold special significance. I'm sure you have as well. For me, one of these items is the heavy and effective Depression-era quilt that my grandmother sewed with scraps of fabric that couldn't match if you tried. Not in color, not in shape, not in texture. But I love that quilt. I used it every day until the threads began to fray and holes began to appear. And so now it lives in a container on a shelf up high. But I think back to it often. With those holes first appeared, I sort of felt guilty, like I had broken something valuable. But then I realized that this quilt was only special because it became a part of my daily life. It is not valuable because it's in a high box in the top of the closet, or certainly not because of its material value. It's special because it lived with me. It was a constant reminder of where I came from as I was discerning where I was going. In the Episcopal Church, we very often find ourselves in a similar state, where we find that we value and set apart things not just because they are materially valuable, but because they have lived with us. In our parish, it is our hymn board, we think, that is the oldest thing in this building, people included. <laughs> that was a joke I didn't do at eight o'clock. <laughs> I should have, they didn't laugh, so. The hymn board is original to the old part of the nave, over a hundred years old. And it's not valuable because of its trade-in value. The hymn board is valuable because of how many times it would announce the songs to sing at Christmas and Easter for more than a hundred years in this space. The oldest chalice and patent we have in this church is from 1923. And although it's beautifully ornate and made of silver, it's not those parts that make it special either. It's the way that cup has offered the blood of Christ over and over and over again to generations of Christians who have sat in the very pews in which you sit now. Our baptismal font is not special because of its age or beauty either. It's special because of all the people with whom it, and with the water and the Holy Spirit, it helped welcome into the household of God. The chalice and the patent at the altar are not holy. The baptismal font is not holy for any other reason than the way in which they offer God's grace and sanctification. Because again and again, these items call us back to the very foundation of who we are as Christians. When it comes to the lectionary text, I have to be honest and admit that this week felt a little lackluster. And maybe it's just because it's mid-January and everything kind of feels that way. 
Or maybe it's because for the past month or two, we've been preparing or celebrating a feast day. But today we find ourselves back in green vestments, back to the normal flow while we prepare for Lent to come in the background. And it's always curious and peculiar to me when the lectionary set for a specific Sunday and the epistle lesson is simply Paul's opening lines. It's like reading scripture in a hundred years saying, Dear Bishop White, it doesn't make sense. But there's something specific about the opening to Paul's letter to Corinth that caught me this week. And it wasn't his classic greeting, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm struck this week with how Paul addresses the people at this early Christian church by saying to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. For this early church, Paul thought it important enough to name in his opening lines that this sanctification was crucial to these Christians' identity. There is a call in the Christian life to become sanctified. There's a calling to be saints of God. And I'm sort of enamored by the idea of where we might find this sanctification. I think any Christian, myself included, are wise when we remember that being a Christian is a lifelong process. It is not just a label we wear or a status we hold. When our baptisms happen, it's an important date to remember, but not nearly as important as how often we return to our baptismal call. Sanctification, like our baptism happens within us throughout our lives, every time we ground ourselves in the foundation of our sacraments. When I joined the Episcopal Church around 10 years ago, one of the most significant things for me, the thing that swayed me into this tradition, was not the denominational inclusivity, it was not the beauty of the church buildings, it wasn't even the opportunity for the first time in my Christian life to imagine myself a woman in a pulpit. It was the opportunity to hold my pale, tender hands open, to kneel at the altar, and to receive God's holy sacrament. It was the opportunity to receive what I already am, God's beloved. And it was the opportunity to become empowered, to become what I already am, God's beloved. The first time I served as a lay Eucharistic minister, I was just on the cusp of beginning to discern a call to the priesthood. And it was not the vestments that lit something within me, or even the very different perspective of sitting in the sanctuary. It was my reflection as I tip the chalice to each person's mouth. Because it was in that reflection that I saw myself most clearly, clearer than I ever have before. In that reflection, 
where I saw myself as sanctified. Even still, this reflection allows me this clarity. It's through the sacraments that I find the sanctification and the capacity to heed that call to become a saint. It's the Eucharist that grants me exactly what Paul instructed that church at Corinth to embrace. It's every time we reaffirm our baptismal covenant or when we prayerfully welcome a new member into the household of God. Sanctification, like our baptism, is a lifelong process. And at least from my perspective, it is inherently and intrinsically woven into our sacraments. So on this normal, unexciting, mid-January Sunday morning, the question I have for you and ask for you to consider this week is where do you find this sanctification? What in your life points you toward the path where God offers holiness? Who in your life encourages you to embrace not scarcity, but sanctification? This year in the season after Epiphany, we will wear these green vestments for seven Sundays before Lent. I think these seven Sundays are a kind of gift, an opportunity to sink ourselves, to orient ourselves into the sanctification to which we are called. It's time to let things settle after the holidays. It's time to lean into it before we deep dive in Lent. These seven Sundays are an opportunity for each of us individually, collectively, communally. It's an opportunity for us to ease into our sacramental foundation and to remember that we can only do so when we return to this lifelong process of embracing the sanctification that God offers. As we remember what we are truly called to be, that we are truly called to be saints of God. Amen.